0: listening to the SLT Podcast, a resource to encourage and equip Liberty Christian School families for a Christ-centered life.
1: I didn't mess it up last time. I only messed it up because he's looked at me and I paused like, oh, he's looking at me.
0: I feel like it'll help you more for me to tell
1: you that I have zero faith in you. (laughs) No! No! Welcome back to the Spiritual Life Team Podcast. I'm Alex.
2: I'm Courtney. I'm
1: Taylor. And I'm Sam. And we're back with part two of our uh, dating podcast. Yeah. And uh, we've got some more stuff to talk about, more stuff, uh, more questions to bring up. But before we do that, let's do a little icebreaker. And uh, we're going to ask the question today, what is the best date you've ever had.
2: So I'll go first, and I think this is difficult for me to decide, so I'm just going to go with the first date that Luke and I went on, and he has just always made dating really fun and has pursued me really well in that, and so the first date we went on was when we just got back to Kanakuk Institute for second semester and he had written a note and left it in my mailbox. It was essentially asking me out on a date and was the lyrics of check yes or no, but he had changed them. Sure. <laughs> but he had changed them to fit our scenario. So it was really cute. And then at the end I had to check yes or no for whether or not I wanted to go on the date and I had to put it back in his little mailbox. Would you believe so even at the beginning it was really fun and me and my roommate Jesse Ann got together, we're like, oh my gosh, we like put stickers all over it and mm-hmm. just made a lot of um, excitement and anticipation for the first date. And then he picked me up to go to just the Alamo Draft House where we watched um, The Greatest Showman. Great movie for a first date. I must add. But the entire way there, he had hidden little sticky notes all around his car that had different things that we had to do on the way there. And so one of them was like, whenever I found it, we had to do whatever it said. So one of them was we had to pull over to the side of the road and run around the car and then get back in the car. Or like another one was that we had to karaoke some song. So it just made me feel so special because he had taken the time to do those things. And then we went and watched The Greatest Showman and then went and Got pie afterwards. Everyone loves pie and coffee. And so yes. it was just a really simple in what we were doing, but it was sweet because Luke had been really intentional in the details. And that was just the start of many more best date evers. Oh,
1: well, well done, Luke. My favorite date that I've ever had is the Medjool date. It, it, what uh, word so did from you a just region say? Uh, in the Middle East, but most of the ones we grow here <laughs> come from Arizona or California. Oh, gosh. And uh Do you have dates? They have like a rich deliciously sweet type of date.
2: What? <laughs> it's our dates. No, it's
3: dates like the, like the fruit.
2: fruit. You're so, oh not I to be so confused dumb. with
1: the Thuri date, which is uh much more nutty. Alex, I think you misunderstood the question. I don't have a favorite date with Hannah. We have a. we she will agree we have a favorite type. Of oh, tell us. Date. And it involves what we call Walmarting together. It's where you just like do like whatever you need to do that day but like intentionally with the person that you love and you just kind of like make fun out of it like that's real. we went to a place called nebraska furniture mart and looking at a bunch of furniture that we can't afford you went all the way to nebraska
2: i like furniture mart i think it's really sweet that you gave a term to that i think that's fun
1: yeah it's called walmarting together but it's copyrighted
0: so
2: Oh my goodness. Always. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. Well, I can still talk about the Kadrari date. And uh, this one has a more <laughs> leathery kind of texture, so it's
3: off putting to a lot of people, but it has a very short season. <laughs> all right, my favorite date. Uh, I'm going to go with the first as well. And I consider this pride to be our first date. Whenever Andre and I got married, uh, we were blessed to be able to get to go to Ireland for a honeymoon, which was awesome. And while we were there, we, we scoured, uh, before going, I looked up some fun dates to, to do on Groupon. Um, You know dating on a budget and one of them was kayaking and so like couples kayaking and so we got to go to this place in ireland And so we were driving this stick shift car on the wrong side of the road in ireland Yeah, just trying not to die and andre's like oh look how pretty it is, but I couldn't also real Yeah, and so I was just really nervous about like not, you know, crashing our car And so when we get there we get suited up and we go out and even though it's july um, Everything is just cold And it started misting and raining a little bit. And as we were going, you could like look across the lake and there was like all these ruins that were there from like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, of like all these ancient castles and fortifications and all this other stuff. And Andre really loved history. It was really cool. And on the way back, we were really hungry. Uh, We didn't know where to get food and every town we passed through was really small. And so we stopped at this like gas station slash pizza place in Ireland, which is a really weird thing. Irish pizza's famous. Yeah, it was famously bad. Uh, (laughs) And so we tried this pizza, and this pizza had corn Uh on it. I didn't yeah. know that was a thing. Like canned corn, like you just take corn out of a oh, can and you like dump that. it on a pizza and you put it in the oven for a bit and you eat it. Mm-hmm. Right up there with pineapple on pizza, I love it. No, it's <laughs> no. How dare I you? I do like pineapple. Pineapple on pizza, I great. really do. Uh, it was just really fun, just to try new things and um, start our marriage together, and that was a very memorable date for sure.
1: Love that. <laughs> yeah, yours is in another country. I went to Nebraska Furniture Mart. We don't one-up up me.
2: Oh, well, now Sam is going to one-up us all. So, do oh, you, Sam. Yep.
1: <laughs> so,
0: this is what you call the long game. Some years back, I took Jen on a date to the drive-in movies, and it was like a 80s night of movies, and so we saw Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And we love that movie. And the idea popped into my head as I was watching this date. First off, I don't know how he does all the things that he does in the movie in one day. Like, that's... It's really impressive. It really is. And also impossible, but...
2: (laughs) Details. But
0: I wondered, would it be possible to pull off a surprise date like that? And so I decided to start planning out a whole date with my wife, where we reenact the events of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And so this was very involved and it took like a year of planning and stuff and so i had to plan out a day that there was a day baseball game that we could go and see during the school day i had to call the school and um ask that she could have the day off like it was very knowing right and i had to plan all of this without her knowing the hardest part was ordering a ferris bueller costume off of Amazon, which by the way, if you're listening and you lived through the 80s, I don't know how you did like the vinyl jackets because that was truly terrible. Not ideal. (laughs) It was awful. So I had told Jen that I was going to take the day off that day and I did. So I borrowed the nicest car I could and I drove to school and I picked her up from the playground at recess wearing the Ferris Bueller costume, the leopard print vest and the vinyl jacket and Proceeded to take her on a day where we went to an art museum. We went to the fanciest restaurant we could where we felt super duper not supposed to be there. <laughs> and we went to a baseball game together. And she was totally surprised. And that was the best part was her reaction. And because I picked her up out at the playground, all of her kids ran up to the fence and were like,
1: what are you
2: doing? Oh, they were so
0: fascinated. Funny. It was pretty perfect. I'm not going to lie.
2: Oh. Yeah.
0: So we are going to be talking about how to date well. If you listen to our last episode, we kind of introduced the topic of dating and relationships and talked about what those are and why they're important in a Christian context. But now we want to kind of get into the practical and say, if you want to enter a dating relationship with somebody, how do you do that in a way that's God-honoring? And so before we do that, we want to define what dating is. When we say dating, we mean you've decided to have a relationship with somebody where you're more than friends in the sense that you've decided um, to get more vulnerable with this person, where their opinion means more to you, where you want to spend more time with them than anyone else. But that vulnerability has pros and cons. Obviously, um, they make you feel better than just a friend. um, But at the same time, they can hurt you so much worse than just a friend. And so that's what we're going to be kind of talking about today is
3: with that in mind, how do you date well? And the reason why we wanted to talk about dating uh, and the practicality of dating is this is probably the most commonly, you know, asked question in, in ministry. Whenever we talk with students um, through counseling or just general questions, it's, it's revolving around dating um, mm-hmm. or going through the fallout of breakups for dating. And so this is just a really important topic that is going to be influencing and be a part of a lot of our students' lives. So we just wanted to have the conversation about that and bring in the parents and also students to uh, what we would give. Um, as counseling advice, what we believe is biblical and just practical and helpful, useful information.
2: So good. And I think a good place for us to start is a very common question that we get. That is, when should students start dating? And we get this from both ends. I think parents and students just want a clear answer of, oh, this is the grade or this is the age where I am ready to start dating. And I think it would be great for us to unpack why we would not determine it based on those things.
3: I think one of the major things that we want to do as students um, is to be honoring and respecting of our parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's very clear in scriptures. So it's one of our 10 commandments that we would honor them and um, the decisions being made for our families. And so we want to be trusting of our parents um, and also for students, knowing that your parents love you. They know you more than anyone else does. They've spent more time with you than anybody else in your life and so to heed their wisdom uh to go to them for questions um our prayer and our hope uh, is that these conversations would primarily happen um amongst families uh, amongst um, moms dads um, sons daughters that these conversations would be there uh and so but one of the big things when it comes to making um or determining when is the right time for dating is to not just do it just to give a number or time or whatever it looks like, but to have meaningful intentionality behind that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not to just make um, restrictions just to make restrictions, not to have rules just to have rules, because our God does not make rules just to have rules. Um, There is a purpose and reasoning behind that.
2: And I think this goes back to one of the things we talked about in the last podcast, which was really thinking through what is the reason why I would want to go into a dating relationship? And so the answer of when should students start dating has more to do with maturity and heart posture and understanding a healthy understanding and biblical understanding of what is the purpose of dating? Why would I step into a relationship? And am I prepared for um, a Christ centered relationship, which is what we're going to be talking through is what are some things that indicate a relationship that stands out among the world
1: when are you ready to date Uh, i will say that the song of solomon literally tells you do not awaken love before it's time Mm -hmm. and then the book proceeds to then describe to you what it looks like for two people to be in love and it if you parents if you've read that book um you know how crazy intense and explicit that book is that's because god hardwired us with all of those desires and passions and that's why it says don't awaken it before it's time mm-hmm. there's this crazy passion and overflow of emotions that God has designed us to have and they are difficult to temper as an adult how much more in eighth grade how much more as a freshman even in in high school how much like just think about, um, the, the type of temperance it takes to focus those emotions and feelings and passions that are good and given to you by God um, into something that produces a better relationship. Uh, so th- those aren't bad feelings, but um, I think as an adult, we understand that those feelings definitely have to be focused into growing the relationship. And I don't know that I've met too many um young kids that are able to do that well so really i think the bar you're looking for is how does my how does my teenager do with emotions how how are yeah. they how are they able to temper just self control in their daily life what do, how do they do with dis, deal with disappointment how do they how do they deal with when something they really wanted gets taken from them um what do they do with that um uh, because i think all of these super complex emotions come into play when you're you're dating so uh, I don't think that there's a blanket answer for like oh you know the age of 72 moons mm-hmm. like no like there's that just doesn't exist uh, it's it, it's gonna be you looking at your kid and knowing when they are able to harness these emotions that are good and god-given into Uh, um, a a productive relationship with God and where you're, you're moving forward in grace-driven effort, uh, to, to glorify him. Um, and when you can do that, um, or at least do that better, (laughs) do that at a, what we would consider a mature level, you're probably ready for, for dating.
2: Right. And exactly what Taylor was saying too. It's not just an arbitrary rule, but something that you can engage in and grow in your relationship with your kids through because each child may be different when they come to that time. And so setting a date could actually be limiting your ability to partner with your kids as they walk through these things. And so for our students, I think some of the things that they should consider before entering a relationship is first and foremost, recognizing whether or not the person that they are considering to enter relationship with is a believer, because like we talked about last week, that that is um, really a non-negotiable as it comes to scripture is that we should be equally yoked. Like we were talking about and the way that you can recognize if someone is a believer is exactly what Jesus said, which was you'll know my disciples by the way they love and by the fruit that they um, produce. And so that's seeing, are they, loving other people? Are they pursuing the Lord first? Are they seeking his kingdom first? And then I think the second thing to think through is, are you leading yourself? Because if you are not leading yourself outside of a relationship, it's going to become even more difficult within a relationship. And so that's where you get to incorporate your parents and be able to ask some of the questions that Alex was just mentioning is, it, you know, am I faithful in the little things? Do Are my emotions really controlling me or have I learned how to have self-control? Do you see me pursuing the Lord and having spiritual disciplines? And also asking your peers and they know you very well and they know probably the person that you're wanting to date. And so you can be asking them like, is this a godly guy? And in Song of, Songs, Song of Solomon, you see as well, that the people around them are excited for the relationship that they are in. And so if all of your friends are like, ah, oh, this, this guy or this girl seems kind of like bad news, then I think you should, uh, it would be wise of you to recognize what they are saying because you may be blind to what they're talking about.
0: I think it's not just the fruit that they're growing when you're evaluating someone else and trying to determine is this somebody I want to date? It's the fruit that they're consuming, um, You kind of look, what are the things that are pouring into them and making them the person that they are? Because, you know, if it's somebody who is kind of wasting their life and their free time, if it's all just, you know, kind of pointless stuff or even destructive stuff, if they're not using their personal time to edify themselves and to make themselves into a better person or especially a more Christ-like person, then why would you want to spend time with that person? Mm-hmm. Um, because that might be as deep as they get and they might not be at a point where they're ready to have a relationship with somebody else because they don't haven't even learned how to take care of themselves yet.
2: Mm -hmm. And something I say all the time too, is you want to date someone who has proven character and not potential character. So someone not, that you have met right away and just had this spark of love kind of Nicholas spark style. And two weeks later, you're ready to get married and talk about your future kids names, but instead someone that you have seen over time who has been consistent in their character and they're not doing it just to impress or please you because they're interested in you, but you see that their character is consistent. They have proven that and not that you could potentially help them get into a relationship with the Lord or to have some qualities that you want. You want to see someone who has proven that. And a verse that I like to turn to is 1 Timothy 4.12, where Paul writes, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And so those are five areas that you can look and see, okay, have they proven their character in the way that they talk about people and their conduct, and the way that um, adults view them, and the respect that they have for them, and love, and faith, in the relationship with the Lord, and in purity. And so, those are really good areas that you can um, use to kind of guide you in that thinking.
3: So, we do a retreat for seventh grade students, uh, and it's called Cardia. And the name Cardia is a Greek word which means heart. And the basic message of Cardia is we're just evaluating relationships in general, uh, whether that's our relationship with the Lord, the relationship with our family, relationship with our friends, relationship with technology. And then the the last thing we talk about is romantic relationships or pursual or dating and all that kind of stuff. And so we see in our culture um, that, at the basis of relationships is this heart issue that we have this drawing of the heart of who we are, of what we're drawn to, of what our desire is. And so one thing that I would talk about before you consider entering a relationship is where are you at in these other areas of relationships? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have a relationship with the Lord? Um, Because one of the things we talk about on this retreat and what I would tell students and what I'm I'm telling you is that if our relationship with God is broken, then all our other relationships are gonna be broken uh, because we have been made in the image of God for relationship with God. And if that's broken, then we're going to try to make all our other relationships okay, feel the weight of only what God can do. And so we're going to try to take out of other people only what God can provide. And you're going to be left feeling empty, broken, and feeling like, oh, if they couldn't do it, maybe there's someone else that can. So we have a question here. And I'm going to kind of direct this towards Courtney, who has a different perspective than us guys here. But the question is, do you think a guy uh, should be leading a girl in a dating relationship?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's something that gets easily confused in the Christianese and Christian world. Because in a marriage relationship, the guy should absolutely be a leader to his wife. We see that all over scripture. And in a dating relationship, this goes back to, okay, this is a brother and sister in Christ. And that is how it's defined by the two differences we see in the Bible. And so in dating, I think that a guy should be a leader in the relationship, but he is not leading the relationship. And what I mean by that is that he should be a leader in encouraging his girlfriend to grow in their relationship with the Lord. And it's great to have those conversations and being a leader in the way that they are planning dates and pursuing her and also to be a leader in the protection of purity in the relationship to be a leader in, um, having clear communication and starting a conversation about boundaries, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, but leading in the way that they are bringing up important conversations, but not being just the spiritual guide that the girl is following blindly. And I think that's what gets misinterpreted when people hear, Oh, they should be a leader Mm -hmm. in the relationship.
0: Unless it's the Sadie Hawkins dance in which the girls ask the guys.
2: Right.
3: And it's always a surprise. Oh, oh, oh. 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 (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Which, that's another good question. Um, What do you think about, should guys be the initiators in dating relationships?
2: That's a great question. And I think that as a girl, I would say the guy should definitely be the initiator of the relationship. And that they should be pursuing the girl with those conversations of how they feel about them, and bringing clarity to those things. and I, But I think it's wise if a guy is not being clear in that, it's okay as a girl to question them and be like, hey – I am confused about what is going on. Can you please define for me what your intentions are? And they might need that push. But then to step into that relationship, I think that the guy needs to be the one creating those conversations because that is really as a girl that is preparing them for the role that they will have in marriage one day.
3: Yeah, I think that's really good. Yeah, I mean, when we look at Genesis 3 uh, with, with the sin of Adam, it was out of mm-hmm. apathy. You know, it says that Adam was with his wife and he didn't speak up when he was supposed to. Whenever he was supposed to be defending his wife and defending the word of God that Satan had twisted, you know, he was just passive. And I think there's a tendency in guys to be passive in relationships, to be passive in initiating things, um, whether that's in asking a girl out to go on a date or go to prom or go to homecoming. That's a really frightening, scary thing. Uh, it really is. The fear of rejection is a real Mm -hmm. thing. Um, but God's called us to go and do hard things. And, and I think in relationships, that's another thing. And also just as a girl, just asking the question of would you want to be with a guy who wouldn't take a leap of faith to ask you on a date? Mm -hmm. Um, because it speaks to the courage of this person to lead well, Eh, and also to uh, take in risks and to to fight for that. And so I just think it's really important for guys to take initiative. And there's, there's people who have differing opinions on that. Um, but I just think it speaks to the character of the boy. Um, and also just that he's saying, hey, you're worth me taking this mm-hmm. uh, risk on. Like I might be turned down. You might say no, but I think you're worth that.
2: And I'd love to clarify too for my answer. It's not that a girl isn't capable of doing that. Yeah. Or that she doesn't have the power to do that or anything in the like. But instead, it's that you are worthy and worth being pursued well. And I would rather you be with someone who is making those steps and is leading in that way than to have to be the initiator. So it's not that you are not able to. It's that I think you deserve more
3: so for our parents and our students how has technology changed the culture uh, when it comes to dating
1: i think one of the most obvious things that it has done is it has created uh false perceptions of what relationships should actually look like mm-hmm. um because you get these little window snapshots through like uh snapchat and instagram into other people's relationships and yeah you're seeing like the highlights of their date Uh, But you're not seeing on the back end how much struggle and work and difficulty that is. So all that you're basically doing is absorbing this like mystified, romanticized version of relationships that doesn't actually exist. Uh, And so you're setting that up to be your standard. When in reality, I mean, all relationships require a ton of grace because there's two sinful people deciding to come together and partner in life and so you're going to need a lot of grace and repentance and it's messy and it's awesome at the same time it's like this incredibly fun adventure which goes back to why you want to be extra sure that you're ready but yeah I think one of the things that technology has definitely done is created this false sense of reality when it mm-hmm. comes to dating yeah the red receipt has changed our culture <laughs>
0: <a> terrible, <laughs> he left me on yeah. receipt red it's the past tense that means they read it and they ghosted you i'm not against you you. i'm just Mm.
2: saying it's a debate it's like blue dress blue and black or white the read who says the read
1: receipt
0: yeah i I say
1: red
2: someone says that
1: but i do see her point
2: she brings up a valid point
1: next podcast we talk about read or red.
2: that's not true (laughs) but i also think that um for technology it has given people the ability to flirt or tease about a relationship without actually defining what that relationship is. Ooh, get it, Courtney. <laughs> and so I that. think, <laughs> I think it has just made this gray area that is again, so unhealthy and is really practicing not for marriage, but practicing for divorce because instead You're having the ability to have these gray relationships with so many guys or so many girls to try and fill that satisfaction and need for um, affirmation or whatever that may be. And that's not even, that's not what marriage looks like. And it's it's not how God has designed that relationship to look like. So you're just selling yourself short by being okay with those relationships.
0: So it's not new phone who dis, it's new
3: person who dis (laughs) yep (laughs) yep (laughs) i think another thing that technology does is that it allows us to take the easy way out of hard conversations Mm -hmm. um like there are difficult and real conversations need to happen in real life uh that we kind of kick off to go on like a text, Mm -hmm. you know, like a hard conversation, uh, we kind of push off to an easier format. And so I think it's, I think technology in a lot of ways is just making it easier for us to fall short and make excuses for stuff.
0: So definitely with technology, one thing that's changed is the access to things that create impurity and immorality is Mm -hmm. insanely active. I mean, students have access to more than they've ever before to things that are just going to corrupt them and um, cause all kinds of immorality, impurity, things like that. So, and unfortunately, it's not even just the internet.
3: Yeah, I think technology allows us uh, to be sharing information, sharing things about ourselves, you know, uh, that wouldn't be honoring to the Lord, Mm -hmm. um, of of sending things to one another, of viewing things of one another. uh, That is not healthy, and that brings uh, sin uh, into that relationship. And it, it makes it secretive. Um, because the devices we have are secretive and and there's one things about relationships that yeah, they are our relationships are personal But they're not private. Um, and I think what technology does is it privatizes Um, and it keeps it to where we can keep our sins in the dark um, That we think that it's okay uh, And that nobody else can find out and we just hide it and so I think technology creates hidden sin uh, That can be really damaging. So tangibly practically Or what's some practical wisdom that we can implement with technology in our relationships?
1: Yeah, I think one practical, practical thing that that you can do with uh, technology is to not let that be your primary source of communication. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's just a simple, I don't think I need to, uh, uh, like, uh, unpack that for anybody. Just don't Mm -hmm. let that be the primary way that you're getting to know somebody. It's really easy to hide behind a screen. Like, it's, much easier to be bolder or, or hide stuff about myself when I don't have to see you face-to-face. Uh, so don't let technology be the, be the primary way that you communicate with somebody that you really care about.
2: And I'm just going to go ahead and make a not very liked comment to all the students. So apologize. But I would say 98% of the time, Snapchat is never, ever, ever the answer, the end. And so if there's a guy or there's a girl that is wanting to communicate to you solely through Snapchat, you are worth more than that. The end.
1: That's a good word. That's prophecy right there.
3: I would just say to use wisdom, um, going back to the privatization, that we would never keep our phones to ourselves. Like Here's a practical tip. If I'm asking you students, hey, if I were to say, can I see what's on your cell phone right now? Can I look through everything that you've sent, that you're currently sending, that you have on your device? Would you just give that over to me? Awesome. Well, we
0: hope that you guys have enjoyed listening to this episode on dating and relationships. And we actually have more to cover in next week's episode on this topic. So we hope that this advice has been helpful to you. If you're looking for more uh, wisdom and advice on dating and relationships and how to do that in a way that's God honoring, check our show notes on this podcast to see some of the resources that have shaped us and influenced us of where we're coming from, what we think are good ways that you can get involved in this conversation and become more Christ. Like. So, also stay tuned next week to hear our worst dates ever. Dun, You've heard dun, the dun. best, and now <laughs> you get the worst.
1: No, no. Oh, I hate the majority
0: dates. They're too tangy.
2: Not again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll see you next Monday. Thanks for joining us on the SLT podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to contact us at spirituallife at mylcs.com.
3: Irish pizza's famous Yeah it was famously bad Uh <laughs>